one of the first things businesses ask themselves in a slump is, are my prices too low? But that can often be counterintuitive. In this special episode on pricing, I talk about clues that your prices are too low and tips on exactly how you should be talking about your prices online. Plus, we cover some more Facebook news, tools, and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to Inbound Buzz. I am your host, Moby Sadiq, and I hope you're well wherever you're listening to the show. I'm super pumped because after next week's interview episode, the next regular episode of Inbound Buzz, I will be recording from beautiful Boston. And why will I be at Boston? Well, for Inbound 2016, of course. Man, what a lineup. We had the George B. Thomas on last week's episode. Amazing interview. Please check that one out. Thank you again, George, for coming on to that. He'll be there as well as my own marketing hero, Marcus Sheridan from the Sales Lion, Rand Fishkin from Moz, Larry Kim from Wordstream, um, Hotjar will be there, Wistia will be there, I know Microsoft will be there, as well as some very special guests including Serena Williams, Anna Kendrick and Alec Baldwin. And look, I've said in the past, I'm not going there to see Serena and Alec Baldwin, but the fact that they're there, I'll definitely check these people out because there's so much you can learn from their own struggles and their own successes that they've achieved. And I'm out of those, I'm more interested in seeing Alec Baldwin purely because of his Saturday Night Live impersonations of Donald Trump. Those things are freaking hilarious. I'll link to them in the show notes for a laugh. Redpandas.com.au forward slash EP34. Genius, genius, genius. And don't forget to drop me a line on Twitter or LinkedIn. Very easy to find. If you're keen to meet up, would love to catch up with anyone attending. All right, better get on with it because I know I'm going to be talking about inbound in a number of weeks to come. For the first buzz, I want to talk about the new Facebook Messenger ads, right? So just before I get there, two big focuses by Facebook this year have been Facebook Live and Facebook Messenger. And I've discussed how in the past you can actually use Facebook Messenger as a live chat option as opposed to something like Drift or Pure Chat, which are both fantastic in their own right, and I'll link to them as well. But now some really, really cool out of Facebook is the ability to create a Messenger destination Facebook ad. Let me break that down. So this means that you can now create an ad that instead of going to, say, a landing page or uh, opening up. Um, your website can directly open up a messenger thread and you can interact with them via messenger. This is really cool because you can set this up just as you would any other ad. So say I want to target anyone in a particular country or a state or a city interested in a particular industry, for example, and promote more of a human interaction. And yes, of course, you can also specify delivery times of this particular ad, you know, for instance, you know there's certain times where you'll be online and certain times where you won't be. Now, what you can do in the message thread is completely up to you and you've got a couple of options. The first option, the first thing you could do is, you know, try to elicit a bit of an action, right? So, for example, visit our website with this 20% coupon code. In the screenshot I'll share with you, which I ripped directly from Facebook's announcement on this, 
They actually say, hi there, here's your coupon for 20% off when you visit us this month. Just show it out, check out, sample code, summer sale, right? So obviously a great bricks and mortar retail example you can use there. Now, I say if you're going to use a medium that usually involves human interaction, then use it like it's supposed to be used. You know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with promoting a coupon code, but use it in a way where you can actually start an actual conversation. So let's use a service example, right? Say a car mechanic wants to advertise vehicle servicing. There's a message thread that could say something like, hi there, if you give me your car's make and model, I can come back with a quote. Simple, right? Keep in mind you don't have to reply right away. You can do so whenever you get a chance. But as a side note here, speed is paramountly important. Speed isn't not only important on Facebook, and you probably noticed in the past where if you're on a page and you respond, if that page responds very quickly, it will say this page responds within hours or responds within five minutes or instantly. That's a great kind of, because it's often like, you know, what comes first, right? You know, do I respond first or people are going to come first? So the first thing is you should be responding as quick as you can because when people see that on your Facebook page, that's a strong credibility cue for them to ask you because it appears like the path of least resistance. I know I'm going to get a response here very, very quickly. Just on the speed thing, right? Speed is your decisive advantage if you so wish to make it a priority. According to the Harvard Business School, responding to leads within an hour, within an hour, generates seven times the amount of conversions. Of course, you can respond wherever you want, but that's just a quick tip. Now, just as an FYI, you may not actually have this yet. Facebook just released this in September, and you'll have to try to create a clicks to sorry clicks to website objective campaign and see for yourself. What I'll do in the show notes, I'll actually share a link by John Luma where he shares a step-by-step on how to set this up. And if you follow the steps, you'll either see that you have this option or you don't have this option. So check that out in the show notes. And as a last tip I'll say is don't try to be too forceful with messenger ads, particularly with cold audiences that don't know you. So a cold audience would be, it's just an interest, right? It's just an interest audience or you want to target people who you know like or affiliated with your competitor. That's a cold audience. A warmer audience might be someone you're remarketing slash retargeting to, or a custom audience where you've uploaded your database. Um, you know you've uh, exported your CRM database and you're targeting those people again, right? Or it's a funnel or something like that. A good example of how not to do this would be say you're an accountant, right? And you're running a cold audience ad. You're trying to promote your services. And you said something like, hi there, if you give me your uh, tax return, um, the amount of t- money you got back on tax last year, how much you earn, and what state you're located in, I'll let you know if you can get a better deal. That's that's asking for too much. But that actually could, you could ask that on a second or third interaction. So just keep that in mind. Remember the context. This is a context where people are used to messaging, interacting with friends, family, and asking brands questions. Okay, now onto the featured topic, pricing. I want to get to, I do eventually want to get to how you should talk about pricing online because there's not just sort of one way to do it and it will depend on the context of your business. But before I get there, I want to ask you, are your prices too low? Have you ever thought about raising your prices or lowering your, lowering your prices? When businesses are in a slump, the first thing people often worry about is whether their prices are too high. 
but having your prices too low can also pose a huge problem. Often when the business starts, they'll set their prices fairly low to carve out market share, but as their businesses grow, and we've seen they off and we've seen this, they often don't increase their prices too much or do so very nominally. Now one of the podcasts I'm a huge fan of is the $100 MBA by Omar Zenholm. Definitely check it out if you want to add that to your rotation. And he talks about six telltale signs that your prices are too low. And I'll just refer to a, just a couple of them here. The first clue, the first clue Omar talks about is the price in relation to your cost, not value. Okay, so many businesses will often base their price on cost. So say your product costs you X amount plus expenses and you apply 20% or 30% margin on top. Seems like common sense. But that's actually not the best way to do it. What you should be doing is calculating the cost of the challenge or problem that your product or services solves for your customer. What is the gain? What is the benefit your product or service will deliver? What is the cost of not using your product or service? Can you actually figure that out? That's a better way to price yourself than basing it off, you know what, this is my cost, this is my margin on top. How much time are you saving them, right? So when you work out the price based on those factors, you might find your pricing is actually too low. Price based on the value you offer your customers, not on a cost plus margin. That's the first clue. The second clue is pricing based on your competitors, okay? Now, you don't need to be the lowest provider in the field. That's not going to carve out market share necessarily. If you're able to do things your competitors can't, if you can offer them some sort of value or benefit they can't, then don't be afraid to charge more. Because at the same time, you're increasing the perception of value in your brand because your prospect will anchor you according to price. And this ties in very very nicely to another factor that Omar talks about, and that is your prices are well below the market without any real reason. A lot of people actually have a hard time rationalizing low prices. We're talking about the customer here. They have a very hard time saying, you know what, okay, this price is low, and this, so, you know, uh, option A, the price is lower, the value is more, how can that be the case? There has to be something wrong. They will think something is up. If you're competing with a competitor and you're half the price but offer more value, that won't play in your favor. Those, that offer so and the, those benefits will not appear as valuable as you might deem them. You might think, cool, this is a done deal for us. We're definitely going to make a lot more money. But that's actually not the case in the way the consumer sees it. And this dawned on me once, actually not too long ago, when a prospect actually said to me, look, I'm looking to create a new website, but I don't want to pay $3,000 to $4,000. I want to pay eight dollars to $10,000 because I want it to be good. Now, this is the first time that someone's directly said it to me in that way. For him, there was a direct correlation between price and value. found that very, very interesting. And that's the way a lot of people will think. There's nothing wrong with being a little bit lower. But remember to be fair and pay yourself and the business what you are worth. Competing on a price can be a very dangerous thing because when you look at price as the driving factor, you're going to develop everything around that. And you attract the wrong type of customers, people who just care about prices. And elevating your prices may just be the ticket to elevating your company. The key thing here is though, I will say this, if you are looking to increase your prices, make sure you announce it well in advance. Don't turn that into another problem. Turn it into 
an opportunity to communicate with your customers and an opportunity to actually represent why your value is so much higher. The key is communicating it. Okay, this brings me on to the next part, right? Communicating it. If you're not communicating it, if you're not substantiating your price, then it isn't actually worth anything. The final buzz or sub-buzz is how to talk about pricing on your website. Now, I've spoken about this before, actually, back in episode 12, where I shared a question somebody asked me at a content marketing workshop. And this was a lady who owned a, a, a dentistry, a local dentistry, and wanted to know whether she should have her prices online. Go back to that episode if you want to see how that discussion went. The key takeaway was, though, that pricing and prices is the number one thing people, all of us, look for when they jump onto a website. How much is this going to cost me? Now, this isn't for the obvious ones where you're you know, buying a piece of software, right? Buying an Adobe software or Microsoft software or, or Dropbox, you know, a SaaS, something like that. No, this is with everything. People, the first thing that they want to know is what is this actually going to cost me? Numerous studies, both in the B2B and B2C worlds, have done this, and this is always the first thing they're looking for. The other thing, too, is this means that once you actually put your prices up, you don't end up wasting your time with unqualified customers. In content marketing, we often talk about, you know, we should create articles that attract people, right? That engage people. And we spend so much time looking for very creative headlines and hooks. But most, and I mean most websites, will ignore writing content on price. This is conversion stage content. There's the track stage, there's engage stage. But conversion stage content, this is content that people are looking when they are ready to make a decision. Now, what I want to talk to you today about is three ways on how you can talk about pricing on your website. And why I want to talk about this, this recently came up on a dinner I was with with two really good friends of mine. They've started this high-level, high-service after-school care, right, called Growing Minds. Now, the thing is, their after-school care doesn't come cheap to explain their business. The whole thing is you're sending your kids to a place where they're not just minding a child, taking care of your child, but they're focusing on sports and martial arts and, you know, soccer and, and empowerment lessons like how to avoid bullying and that sort of thing. So, and even things like leadership training, right? So, very, very high-level, very, I guess, high-touch kind of after-school care. Now, when we had this dinner... My mate was convinced that they couldn't put pricing on their website. He said, look, Moby, we're twice the cost of the alternative in the area and we want to give people enough information to entice them to call, where we can actually explain why we are more expensive. We don't want to scare people off. When I asked him, what is the first thing people ask you when they pick up the phone or meet you? And he said, price and why are you more expensive? He then goes and says, Look, the other after-school care mining services don't do what we do. We offer leadership and sports and empowerment. And I told him that's precisely why you need to have prices on your website. So very long story short, we agreed testing prices on the site was well worth it. But it had to be done in a particular way. Because as I say, in the absence of value, people will always compare you on price. Okay, so how do you talk about prices online? The first way, very simple, is what I call straight up pricing. This is where you just have the price and a list of the inclusions. And you see these where pricing is very clear and very easy to estimate. For instance, if you have a 
predefined package that doesn't change very much or you have a number of bolt-ons. And you see a lot of software companies doing this. HubSpot does this, right? So they've got a basic package, professional package, an enterprise package. And in professionals, they'll say, oh, everything that basic has plus A, B, C, D. And then enterprise will say everything professional has plus, you know, E, F, G. So I'll share that in the show notes. You can check out how they structure their actual pricing tables. Now, the idea with straight up pricing is there's no point beating around the bush. If the inclusions are clear and the packages are clear, then this is the best way for you to go. You can have all the cues and all the testimonials and videos you want, but if your pricing is clear, then this is the best route you should take. Keep in mind that the people that pick up the phone and call you for price are the only ones who were bothered to do so. There are a whole bunch of other people who just don't. And unless you own Google, and nobody does, people are going to do the tab test. They will compare you with other providers. And if they have price, then you've already lost the game. The second way you can talk about pricing is true value-based pricing. This is possibly my favorite, and this is the one I recommended uh, my mates from Growing Minds to use. When you consider the Growing Mind service, they do a lot of things, right? So a lot of things that you can't get at other places. And not all of these are quantifiable, like a lot of businesses. In the Growing Minds example, I asked them, okay, if I were to take my four-year-old son, Noah, to karate, what would that cost me a night? Okay, 20 bucks. Then if I took him to soccer, what would that cost me? Maybe another 20 or 30 bucks. Then I took him to a leadership workshop. And that one was actually very hard to estimate, but for good reason. There isn't a great deal of that stuff that is out there for kids. There should be, mind you, but there isn't. But I was like, okay, there's got to be something similar to that, right? Like a junior Toastmasters or something. And it's going to be very, very expensive. Find out what it is and and apply an educated estimate of, say, $30. Altogether, you're now looking at a value of $70 to $80 which is way more than what you're asking parents to pay a night. So display that. Display what the cost of not doing these things are, what the cost of if you were to go from here and there and there, not to mention the time that it costs to go with an alternative. So you've got to ask yourself, are you displaying that? Are you talking about that? You can even have a pricing table that compares you to the total sum of alternatives. This was suited to growing minds because there's nothing out there like them in the market to compare to. And it was the reason they were scared to put prices online. But this is precisely the reason why they should. Now, it's not for me to talk about it, but I wanted to share an example with you guys. And I found one with Meet Edgar. Now, Meet Edgar, if you listened a couple episodes ago, it's a social media scheduling tool where it's like Buffer and Hootsuite, but it does things a little bit differently. So you can organize categories, say like a category on tips and a category on articles that you've written. And Edgar will automatically go into those categories, into your old content, and repost it for you. Pretty, pretty cool stuff, right? So they've actually got this whole pricing page where they've got a bit of social proof, um, they've got their pricing, but then they go into the value. And they talk about what Edgar does and that's the time saving that it gives somebody. So it says, you know, Edgar will replace busy work like compiling a list of all the evergreen content. So evergreen content, content that doesn't age all the evergreen content you want to promote, determining which updates you want to publish, mixing them with new ones, loading your updates into a tool, and organizing and reorganizing your cues so you're sharing at the right time and the right content. And then it actually tries to be a little funny and it says, look, you know, the time that it saves you, you could go fly a kite or read more books or practice Tai Chi, blah, blah, blah. 
but I really like this very clear, very simple, very good way to demonstrate true value-based pricing, particularly when you're saving somebody time. Okay, so that's not the only way. The final way to talk about pricing, so we spoke about straight-up pricing, we spoke about true value-based pricing. The final one is ballpark pricing. Now, this is going to be the one of the best defenses when someone says, what's your price online? And the answer is, it depends, right? It depends on this, it depends on that. When you look at what those depends, quote-unquote, factors are, they are not on the site because people don't really want to address them, right? So the idea is to put those factors online and give ballpark indications of what your products and services cost. This is particularly useful and relevant to solutions-based companies, a lot of industrial companies, a lot of service-based companies, you know, a lot of corporate solutions, that sort of stuff. And even agents, a lot of agencies like us, right? So we don't have these packages where we can do straight-up pricing like HubSpot can. For us at Red Pandas, it depends on the client, their objective, uh, how much value we can offer, and we're in the process of doing that for our website, of course. And we've already done this for speaking, Right, so for instance, the cost of a half-day workshop starts at $1,500. A full-day workshop starts at $2,000. And then we actually go into detail and we say, look, this covers the presenter's time and the scoping of the objectives and the research, um, looking at your industry, developing slides, worksheets, templates. So the idea is here, I can give ballpark pricing. And this works, like I said, very well when you when you can't really talk about the pricing, but you can talk about the ballpark pricing and what the factors are. All right, a couple of considerations, okay? So we spoke about straight-up pricing, value-based pricing, and ballpark pricing. A couple of considerations for all of those. You need to promote your new, your unique selling points and the benefits. Tell people why you are so expensive, for example. Tell them why it's so cheap. The best person I've seen explain this is, of course, Marcus Sheridan. He's touted and discussed having prices on your website more than anyone on earth. In terms of telling people why something is so expensive, in one particular article, and I'll share this in the show notes, Marcus shares an example from Tom Bin Bags, and it goes something like this. Why are Tom Bin Bags so expensive? Tom Bin Bags are carefully constructed of fine quality materials and components in our own Seattle factory. They'd be less expensive if we had them produced in China or Vietnam, but then we'd lose control over quality of the finished product and the quality of the jobs we create. And then it goes on, a couple of things, fairly big paragraph, we could use cheaper materials, but we've been making bags for a long time and plan to make them for a lot longer still. Then it's up to you, the consumer, to decide whether the products justify the expense. What they've done here is they've created trust by being transparent and authentic whilst explaining the price. It's a great example, and I'll share that in the show notes for you. Now, a couple more pricing considerations I'll rattle off. Firstly, demonstrate the low perceived risk of on your pricing page by offering a free trial, a free consultation, something of that nature. The other thing we talk about quite a lot is social proof. The idea of showing your persona that, hey, someone like you has taken this path before. This could be one of their competitors, somebody from the industry, someone of their age demographic. The idea is, hey, we've done this before. This ain't our first rodeo. The other things you can do is add live chat. If there ever was a page to add live chat, then this would be it. I've spoken about live chat in a previous episode. I'll link them in the show notes as well. And if you don't have the time to jump onto live chat, use a tool like lead chat where there are agents who you give them a script, 
They probably reside somewhere in the Philippines or somewhere else, and they can do that grunt work for you. Final thing you could do, one of the final things you could do is install tracking software like Hotjar or Crazy Egg. And this is really, really important. If there was ever a tool to use heat mapping kind of software, the pricing page would be it. Where are they clicking? How long are they dwelling on a particular element? Do they make it to the bottom of the page? That sort of thing. It may actually give you more questions than solutions, but then at least you know what elements to test. Why are people doing a particular thing when we want them to scroll down and click on that particular button? If you don't want to go down the hot jar or crazy egg path, you can use Google Analytics. There's a couple of key features there. One of the features there is a click map. So you can go onto a page and see where people are clicking. The other thing you can do is check out the path to conversions feature, which you have a conversion page. It will show you the pages people take before they get to that page. Check that out. Hopefully some value for you there. And if you don't agree and you still think you shouldn't have prices, then I'm more than happy to get into a friendly Twitter joust or an email exchange. You can hit me up, moby at redpandas.com.au or at mobysadiq. On that note, I'm out of time. Thank you so much once again for joining me. Next week, I've got another expert interview for you. I'll keep that guest as a surprise. If you've heard our interviews before, you know this will be another gem, so don't miss out. And the week after, I'll join you from Boston. As always, have a fantastic week ahead, and I hope to catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.